Sometimes you have to hear from a Hall of Famer. That's what we're doing on Locked On Huskers. You are Locked On Huskers, your daily podcast on the Nebraska Cornhuskers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it, let's get it, let's get it. Thank you all for spending time with us this morning. I'm DP. Thanks for making Locked On Huskers your first listen and watch each and every single day. We appreciate you hanging out with us. I want to thank the folks from Locked On for providing us with our sponsor, FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, Make every moment more. FanDuel.com slash Locked On. Go on. All the discounts. Whatever your vibe is, whatever game matters to you most this weekend, that's where you go. Jump to FanDuel. I don't care if it's UFC, XFL, uh, NBA, or March Madness. Get yourself set up. FanDuel.com slash Lockdown for discounts, and they'll carry you through. It is my pleasure. It is my honor to bring in somebody that can talk this Husker stuff with us. Why? Because he has skin in the game. Husker Hall of Famer. He's Stricky, Eric Strickland. How you doing, brother? DPZ, it's always a pleasure to be with you, man. I'm doing good today, man. It's a beautiful, beautiful day. Locked on Huskers, let's get it. Let's get it. We're going to talk football, but because of leadership and a change of leadership in Lincoln, in this Husker program, the thing that, yeah, the straw that stirs the drink is Husker football. And having been around really good organizations and not so good organizations, you have a real good idea to feel what looks like the good thing and what looks like the not good thing. So I'm going to ask you your first take, your first feeling, your first vibe when it comes to Coach Matt Rule. Well, for me, um, the first vibe I get, man, is that um, I happen to listen to the press conference. I happen to be around um, for so long uh, in pretty much throughout the whole program of Nebraska uh, athletics. We've heard a lot of coach speak. We've heard a lot of uh, verbalizations as to what they hope to do, what they aspire to do. Uh, they smiled in doing it, but at the end of the day, there was not a lot of uh, substance to what they were uh, were bringing. Uh, so, in in listening to Matt Rule, uh, one, you know, initially when I saw eight years, I was questioned about that. But then, as I began to listen to what he was saying, and then watching what he was doing, and the way that he was approaching it, it looked like it was a a, a a foundational, a building blocks. And and then the recruiting, as I began to watch how he was recruiting, I began to see what his style was, who he was going after, the types of players he were going after. You could tell he was definitely about development and wanting to get guys in there, create uh, gems, find gems, and then make them better uh, so that they come in here one way or with the perception of one way of uh, which they are, but then they'll leave out of here better than what they came. And uh, and I could tell that he was looking for retention. So he's looking for those who want to be here. You can tell that he's recruiting that way. Uh, and the messaging is 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 landing because uh, some of the, the individuals that he's been able to get. What's your biggest area of, of, of improvement that needs to happen for Nebraska football to be better quicker? Well, I'll just sum it up in one word. Um, you you want that dog mentality, especially in the trenches. I want some endowment can sue types uh, in the trenches, both on the offensive and the defensive side. You know, being from the 90s and seeing uh, what Zach Wiegerts and, and Rob Zadiskas and Aaron Grahams, and I can go on and on about, you know, the pipeline, which we used to call them. Um, 
those individuals that used to be here, they handled the trenches, both on the defensive side. When you talk about uh, rushing you, where you had the Grant Wistroms, the uh, Dante Jones, the uh, Travis Hills, uh, the Broderick Thomases. I mean, you can go all the way back into that and look at how those fronts were and, and how Nebraska was able to do it. They didn't have to do a lot of blitzing. They didn't have to do a, a lot of trickery. They just were able to get there with four. And, and so it, it's, it, you know, obviously it's going to be a three, three, five style, but we're, we're looking to handle business in the trenches. I think that's the mainstay of what it is in big 10, uh, big 10 football is handling things in the trenches. Those are the things that I definitely want to see. Uh, coming in for this uh, new regime. When you when we're talking to Hall of Famer Eric Strickland and Strick, this when 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 we think about Nebraska football, the glory days were about running the damn ball, and that's mm-hmm. we see the T-shirts and we see it's a co- constant part of the conversation. How important is it for Matt Rule and this and and Marcus Satterfield coming here and reestablish Nebraska as a running school? especially being in the Big Ten Conference. Well, with Anthony Grant and, and uh, you know, AJ and, and and the running back tools that he has back there, uh, you just got to open holes. Yeah. Those guys are yeah. good at getting downhill. They're good at creating um, misses, and, and, and they're good at, uh, you know, jump cutting and one-cut guys uh, with some speed to burst and, and different things like that. I mean, even, uh, uh, you know, I just love the style of their running their running backs, and so uh, it, it it looks every bit like you know your um, you know the running backs that we used to have back in the old days. You know uh, your Calvin Jones and and um, you know um, I, I don't 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 let me get on the <laughs> the, the treasure trove of who they are, but yeah, they're 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 good at that. They just didn't have they didn't have space. They didn't have holes. A lot of the stuff that they did was kind of created on their own. Uh, by making guys miss and, and stuff like that. And so if they can get back to just kind of giving them a little space, a little bit room uh, running, it'll open up so much more for what they, uh, what, what their, their, their prospects of an, uh, uh, a good offense could be. And so that's what I'm hoping to see a little bit more physicality, definitely in the run game. It's funny because off season is usually about commitments and recruiting and now you get new coaches. Well, thing happened yesterday that, that actually popped in this in this area that I really wasn't expecting. And it's Casey Thompson posting that it was he's officially back next year. Now, let me ask you, with the addition of Jeff Sims, who's your who's your 1A guy? Is it Casey Thompson or is it Jeff Sims? Uh, I mean, obviously, I think you have to go with Casey. Casey, there, you know, Casey did a wonderful job. He's a great leader. Uh, those are the, the the aspects that I know that Coach Rule would want. Now, um, I think it's going to be tough. I mean, hopefully he can get back for spring because, you know, with a new regime, with new OCs, uh, you're you're going to have a new system. Yes, you can learn it, but you you're going to want those reps. Uh, missing those reps and trying to go into the fall uh, with somebody getting a leg up on you a little bit, um, in in maybe Sims getting that. We don't even know. Maybe I think there, there there's rumor out there that he even may have some some injury that he's dealing with potentially. And so some of the other guys, somebody, somebody's going to have to step and, and having Casey back, that's good because when he went out, there was a, there was a lot of struggle. So the, the depth um, at the position, regardless, is always going to be good to have. And, and the better your quarterback play, um, you know, definitely uh, puts wins on the, in the win column. We'll put a pin there and go to break. We thank you for hanging out with us with Lockdown Huskers and we'll have more with the Hall of Famer Eric Strickland when we come back to Locked On Hustle. 
March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back. We appreciate you hanging out with us on Locked On Huskers and making Locked On Huskers your first watch and listen each and every single day. As a matter of statement, you should. Make your second watch and your second listen, Locked on College Basketball. Isaac Shade and Andy Patton, Patton take you through uh, great contacts, great coaches, great players, great conversation, all the good stuff on and off the floor, and get you all set up for March Madness right there on Locked on College Basketball. You can find it on YouTube or wherever you consume your podcast daily. Eric Strickland, we were talking about Casey Thompson. We are talking about Jeff Sims, new coach, new offensive coordinator, new quarterbacks coach, and in that room there are two folks who started games for Nebraska last year, Tupper Purdy and, and our boy. Our boy is there. I don't know if there's ever been a quarterback that's been more disrespected at Nebraska. <laughs> Logan Smothers has done nothing but show up, be committed, and be loyal, and it, it the wheel continues to move. In that room of four quarterbacks, then you add Harburg to that conversation. You you add Torres to the conversation. Big arm, too. Right. What what can we expect in that room? Is this a legitimate competition? Is this an open competition? Or is there favoritism uh, based on what the coaches want? Well, listen, uh, there's there's always going to be some form of a favorite, right? There's certain guys that you like, you feel that fit the scheme, that that's best suited for you to hopefully get wins, right? Um, so there is going to be someone that they have an eye for. But I think there's going to be an opportunity for someone to step up and shine. Um, what those opportunities are going to be. It, that's what. That's why it's going to be so uh, important to be in there, be available, to have reps. I mean, being a former basketball player, that that that's one of the ways I was able to get in um, in a very big uh, guard room with Jason Kidd and and uh, you know you had Jimmy King, who's formerly at Michigan. A lot of you guys know him from the Fab Five. Uh, Jimmy Jackson. You have uh, Derek Harper. I mean, for me coming in as a rookie, it doesn't look like there's much room, but injury. Injury ended up opening up space for me to be able to show and prove what I could do, whether it be in the exhibition games, getting those reps, was able to show coaches a little bit uh, of what I could do. That's what's going to be important is that when you have new eyes that it's coming in, yes, they have an idea of what they want to do, DP, but at the end of the day, they're still open because uh, there's nothing locked in stone. They have an idea of what they want to do, but there's nothing locked in stone as to how they're going to get it done. It, it is the most important room. I think the, the most talented room is the running back room, as you were talking about. And that's, you know, you're talking about Gabe, Gabe and Ramir, and you've got one after the other after the other. And the receiver room looks a little different. It looks a little different. The offensive line looks a little different. Tight end room looks a little different. I'll ask you this, though, because you've been a guy that walked into a new situation, and the transfer portal has sort of made – college football, like in the NBA free agency. It's immediate fit, immediate results, and immediate production are all required. For, in your mind, does the transfer portal make it easier or more difficult for Nebraska to go from bottom third of the Big Ten to the top third? 
No, I, I think we've tried that. I think we we went real heavy in the transfer portal. I think there was almost 18 or, or so, uh, maybe just above that, that we brought in. Yes, they were able to fill gaps. I think you've got to use the transfer portal as a gap filler. you got to use that as a place uh, where you can add depth or or uh, add some um, some seasoning, so to speak. Like if I was cooking, you can add some seasoning to it. Like you got your base, you've got you know, your, your actual meals, but you just add a little bit of spice to it. Uh, it gives you a little bit of, of, of something to, um, in, in the depth portion of your, of your uh, lineups to be able to do different things, maybe with give guys rest. So they're not stuck out there quite often. So I think they're good for place field. I think, I think when you're looking at the skill positions, I think you can find something, uh, there, sometimes it's hit and miss. Um, sometimes it's not a good fit. Uh, sometimes it is. And, and, you know, Nebraska has been the benefit of that for the last few years, um, you know, with with who they were been able to pull, especially like Trey Palmer. And and um, my mind just blows me. But he's up in uh, Green Bay right now. Um, yeah, Toure. Yeah. Yeah. Samari, Samari Toure. Uh, so they've been able to hit. Um, so there's that's where you can do it. But you still need those those recruits. That's your foundation. You've got to have a foundation without a strong foundation. Your, your program will topple. It's going to fall eventually. It's like a house of cards, right? If you don't have that, how can you build the chemistry? You have to be able to have those individuals in leader leadership positions that move up, that understand the culture, that understand what it's about to be a Husker, that understand what it's about to be a black shirt. All of these these different things that come with building culture, you need those foundational points. That's what made the 90s so good is that they, those younger guys came in, the culture was established, and the older guys didn't accept mediocrity. They didn't accept just coming in, being able to do it however you wanted to do it. No, you had to kind of get in line, fall in line, or otherwise you fell in the back of the line. And that's how it was. Um, and then and, and that's what younger and that's what the recruiting base does for you. You need that. You need to think a strong recruiting base still in order to be successful. In, in, in all of this, I get I get excited and then I, 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 I pause because a lot of the conversation in the offseason is about Nebraska. And I don't mean the University of Nebraska. I mean the state of Nebraska and whether it has enough talent to help Nebraska football become the powerhouse that it is. So you're, you're a native, so this makes sense to you, mm -hmm. right? You played high school ball here. You understand uh, you know, the families of the families of the families, <laughs> you know, uh, where folks are connected. Is there enough talent in the state of Nebraska for them to recruit and keep them home and develop them so that it becomes a regular, consistent thing and one of those earmarked things for the new standard of Nebraska football? I, I really do think there is. I think that it's like you said, it's identifying them. Um, one of the things about state talent here in Nebraska is that most of the kids want to be here. They actually watch, observe. They want to see this program thrive and be better. They've, they've seen it. They bled it. They, they, it's, it's ingrained in them. And sometimes they just get passed over, you know, regimes come in and, and, and coaching staffs come in and they kind of just look over them. I can just speak closely because one of my close friends is Cluster Johnson. I can just look at his sons and just what they what they've been able to do and, and, and how they kind of get passed over. And as you get down the line ends up those kids end up saying, well, they didn't you know, they didn't do us right. So let me move on. Uh, you can look at, you know, the likes of like a Chucky Hepburn who who there's no way he should have been able to get away, but sometimes he get passed over. And, and so um, I, I think it's going to take um, a reestablishment of that. 
really getting certain guys in there who understand it. It's in their heart. It's ingrained in their blood. They bleed it and they believe in it so wholeheartedly that they're going to do whatever it takes to run through walls. Now, if the coaching staffs love them like that, they'll do it for them. But it's just going to be a matter of getting those those kids in there, building up a foundation and then uh, just just letting them go. And, and, and they're going to work their butts off. They're going to get in that weight room. They're going to get and they're going to do their studies. They're going to do whatever it's going to take to make this program successful. And I think that's what you need. It's it's hugely important <laughs> for them to reestablish themselves as the force at home has to be done. Strike, we're going to let you get out of here, but we'll come back with one more segment, one more sit down conversation about basketball, hoops and Hoiberg when we come back to Lockdown. Hey, gang, again, we want to thank Husker Hall of Fame Eric Strickland for sitting in uh, for this episode of Lockdown Huskers. We thank you for making Lockdown Huskers your first watch each and every single day. Greatly appreciate it, but we want to tell you folks, the second watch, watch and listen should be Lockdown College Basketball. Find your way over, get your information on whether it's from coaches, players, or other. I'll do that for you at Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or however you consume uh, your daily podcast. I wanted to say this. I wanted to take a minute just to to, to shout out the Huskers basketball program. Uh, one, the women's program uh, with a record-shattering attendance uh, Saturday night against Saturday against Iowa. Uh, yes, Caitlin Clark was coming to town, but what what you need to understand is that I don't think. Uh, I, I think that added maybe a thousand to the <laughs> to the crowd. This was a Nebraska crowd that was coming to support the Huskers. Now, disappointed, Caitlin Clark does what Caitlin Clark does, uh, but to draw fourteen thousand eight hundred fans uh, to PBA uh, for women's basketball is just impressive. And then the very next day, a team that walked into the building at thirteen and fourteen drew 15,800 fans to Pinnacle Bank Arena for a Nebraska basketball team that's on a run, it's on a roll, three out of its last four. Uh, it's getting the quality of play, and I think the style of play has shown shown uh, that it has impact because this is a gritty defensive team. This is a high IQ basketball team. Uh, they move the ball around. It's shared. Uh, there's not a lot of you know off-dribble you know, pounding the pavement, as Hot Rod Huntley used to say. No, this is a team that moves the ball. They give everybody the best opportunity, the best spot to have the best results. And the results have shown. Again, big, huge honking wins over Wisconsin, a big win over Maryland. Look, come from behind, overtime victories. <laughs> Fred Hoiberg has taken a lot of flack and a lot of grief over the course of his, his first years here at Nebraska. Some of it rightfully so. Some of it just you're a victim of the pandemic and things just not working. But in a year where he changed the style of play, he changed the look of the team, he changed the, the working philosophies of the team, and then lost the two players that you brought in to, 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 to kind of elicit those changes. To lose Emmanuel Bandamel and Juwan Gary to injuries would have been, for the wrong coach, the exact thing that was a nail to your coffin. It would have been 
enough reason to write it off and say, woe is me, not my fault, deal with it. Instead, what this coaching staff did and what this roster did was to buckle up, to say that there was no excuses. They used the phrase in this community as next Husker up. And sometimes it's thrown and bantered about and it has very little meat and potatoes to it. It's just a saying. But actually, it's functional and it's working. The, the, the emergence of Keisei Tamanaga as a, and a legitimate 20-point-a-game score in the Big Ten Conference because he's done it for six consecutive games. So there's no, <laughs> there's no oh, well, he caught lightning in a bottle. No, that's kind of who he is, and that's what they brought him here for. But to have him emerge into that, to, to watch Derek Walker become the, the, the professional-type big man who can stretch, run the offense, stretch defenses, uh, can compete defensively and stay on the floor out of foul trouble, to watch Sam Greasel evolve from a lower Division One player to, to a Big Ten uh, caliber force, a guy that can change the game with the way he plays with his size and length. To watch the 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 re uh, the revolution of C.J. Wilcher, even through his struggles, to watch uh, you know Wilhelm Breidenbach find his way in battle, to watch Jamarcus Lawrence evolve as a as a freshman into a, a full time starter and a legitimate force in Big Ten basketball, and then to have the coach's son, to have Sam Hoiberg come from practice squad and scout player to a guy that played 37 minutes and make three of the biggest plays of the day, not only end the season. The last two wins came with Sam Hoiberg making a high IQ basketball play, getting into a passing lane, stealing the ball in a big possession. And then Saturday against my, against Maryland, he got in the passing lane overtime, converted the steal, turned it into a layup, Gave Nebraska enough lead and enough space that they can kind of relax and go into their uh, in their prevent game, as well as maybe the biggest three of the ball game. Kudos to, to to Nebraska basketball. Bravo! You deserve praise for how you played and what you've done. We thank you, folks, for making Locked On Huskers your first watch and listen each and every single day. Jumped on, jump on over to Locked On uh, uh, College Basketball and get your information, get yourself prepared. And again, once again, we thank you, folks, from FanDuel uh, for making all of this possible. FanDuel Sportsbook, um, make every moment more. We'll close this episode of Locked On Huskers with the three words that we love so much. Go Big Red!